Hey guys, welcome to episode four of Church Launch Podcast. Yes, we've been at it about a month now. Uh, you can see behind me, I got a little bit going on, putting up some whiteboards. Um, yeah, you're going to be able to to hopefully organize my life a little better and wrap my mind around what it is I'm doing and how I'm structuring my time. Um, so that'll be there. Lots of ideas, lots of things. Maybe I'll draw some pretty pictures for you guys down the road. But for today, it is a work in progress. Um, so it's Monday, uh, January 9th, and we have Pastor Jordan Hardison on the podcast. Pastor Jordan is at Redefine Church down in sunny Florida. And um, we talk a little bit about his calling, about the process, about how he came to start Redefine Church, what led up to that, and uh, also um, his other endeavors and the fact that he is bivocational and his wife does work. And um, just kind of talking through that and some of the challenges and some of the rewards and just the mindset in general of being bivocational when you um, when you plant your church. So uh, I encourage you take a few minutes, write things down, um, and as always, uh, in the show notes you'll find contact information, Instagrams, websites, all the good stuff. So um, yeah, if you if you have anything, any questions, comments, feel free to to leave that below uh, or head to the Discord. Um, I'm still pushing the Discord. No one's using the Discord. But I do believe that in time, that can become a community. And if it's not Discord, maybe organically uh, we're able to, to start this community in the comments on YouTube or head over to Facebook. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it ends up. But for now, I'm pushing the Discord, but I'm not going to die by that sword. Um, so, yeah, here's Pastor Jordan Hardison. Thank you guys for, uh, for coming along for another week. Well, welcome to Church Launch Podcast. Uh, this is episode four uh, at the time of airing. So uh, today we have Pastor Jordan Hardison uh, with Redefined Church down in Fort Pierce, Florida. Did I get that right? That's right. Yeah, church is in Port St. Lucie. I'm in Fort Pierce. It's right in the same spot. We're close. Florida, sunny Florida nonetheless. That's right, yes. Well, Pastor Jordan, thank you for, for joining us. Um, I, I know... It's uh, with the sunshine and everything else, you know, being on the beach is probably always the temptation, but taking a few, <laughs> yeah. few minutes to, to, to put, uh, put a shirt back on and, and spend some time with us on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your time. And, uh, and it is. It's nice outside today. I decided to sit outside today. So, Is it always beach weather? It is almost always beach weather. You know, we had the coldest Christmas this year. Uh, and it's so funny because down in Florida, we're always praying for a cold Christmas. We're like, everything else around Christmas, no thank you. But actual Christmas Day, um, I think we were like in the 30s, which is the coldest it's been in probably years down here. Um, so no beach weather on Christmas Day, but the day after Christmas, it was it was back to beach weather again. <laughs> so I, it's, it's like in North Carolina, we hope for snow on Christmas, which never happens. This year, we got like 10 degree weather. It's like, well, close, but not quite. Yeah, um, but see, I cold guess... and no snow is just not fun. At least if it snows, you can do something. But right, um, this is coming from somebody who's lived in Florida my whole life, so I don't know how difficult snow is to deal with. But it sounds cool. <laughs> well, on Christmas, everything's shut down anyway, so it's like it may as well snow and give us something something pretty to look at. True. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so tell us a little bit about Redefine Church. Tell us what's uh, what's going on down there. 
Yeah. So, um, man, there's, there's quite a story, but yes, I just realized yesterday was our two year anniversary of launching online. So we, um, we did a little, we had a Bible study going, um, and there's some story leading up to that, but we had a Bible study going and we actually, uh, decided we were going to launch in a living room. Uh, but, but when we decided to launch in a living room, we were like day one, full production, cinema cameras, everything set up, drums, everything in the living room. Uh, and we did it two years ago, uh, yesterday on, oh. on a January 3rd. It was my dad's birthday yesterday. That's how I remember that. But, um. But yeah, that uh, it's been quite a journey. We just celebrated um, on September 26 was our first um, kind of worship experience open to the public in, uh, in the community center here. And uh, so we just celebrated that anniversary uh, a few months ago now. And uh, it's been it has been uh, a wild ride. I don't I don't know how to best describe it. Um, different than expected. Uh, we did things a lot differently than I had originally planned to. Uh, but it has been incredibly rewarding at the same time and um, uh, really difficult but even on the most difficult days there's still a sense of peace um, so yeah it's been great been great difficult but great so you launched two years ago uh, effectively yes. um, from September what what did the process look like leading up to your launch um, you know how, how much time were you spending on the front and building your core team and and really going out and and kind of um, I don't know, any level of like pre-promotion in the community of, hey, this is launching, or did you kind of wait until you had uh, launched before you, you started um, plowing into that? Yeah, so we did, um, we did a lot of soft launching, and, and um, for me, the, the story goes back even further because um, several years ago now, probably um, in the neighborhood of six or so years ago, um, I really felt a calling to start a church and, um, and to be a part of that. And, and I had grown up, um, I'd originally wanted to be an Air Force fighter pilot. That was my dream, that was my goal. Um, I did the whole flying thing, started flying when I was 13, got my pilot's license when I was 17, um, Air Force ROTC, ready to go. And, um, and God just completely put a stop to that plan. Um, I still fly, still love it, uh, but I did not succeed in Air Force ROTC, and I was very in shape but could not run. Um, but anyway, so from there I got, um, I was always involved in ministry growing up and I had a few opportunities for full-time ministry and, um, and I, and I struggled and I, I really felt a calling to start a church. Uh, but there were many, many times where I flat out told God, no, you know, I said, I am not doing that. I'm not, uh, my father-in-law, he's a, he's a worship pastor, uh, grandfather-in-law, he's a pastor, uh, that entire side of the family is deeply rooted in ministry. And they would always ask me, you know, what my calling to ministry looks like. And I would tell them consistently, I am not called to full-time ministry. I'm not doing full-time ministry. Not going to happen. Um, and it finally came to a point where I was really, really kind of feeling like Jonah a little bit. Uh, where it was like, you know, I can continue to run from this or I can finally be obedient. And uh, we, we experienced a lot of church hurt along the way. And it wasn't necessarily the fault of the church. You know, I look back now and I realize that I ultimately wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, we, my wife and I found ourselves in a situation where we had been serving full-time as volunteers at a church because we did the full-time pay thing and it didn't work out. And we were like, you know what, maybe if we just serve full-time, you know, for free as a volunteer, that'll be the answer. And, um, and we did that. And, uh, you know, we got, we ran into a situation where we were really hurt 
um, we got our first vacation in on a Sunday in years, and we were on the beach in Naples, just kind of walking down the beach at sunset. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I think I think it's time for us to be obedient. <laughs> um, what do you think about the idea of actually answering the call and starting a church now? Is now the time? And and you know, she looked at me and she said that she always knew this conversation was coming, but she just didn't know when. And uh, and it felt like uh, well, it felt like just about every other door was closed. And um, and so it was a step for us to be obedient. Uh, and so that I think that story is important because from there we we had a team of people that um, was consistently doing ministry with us. Um, I'm a tech and worship guy, so all of my closest circle was always tech and worship people. Um, so we had a, we had a effectively a worship team. We had a tech team that was really looking to us, saying, "Hey, what is you know what is the next step here? What are we going to do?" And um, through many many conversations and prayer. Uh, we started a Bible study with this group of people and uh, that had become very good friends with us. And uh, that Bible study kind of turned into, um, you know, into us meeting in the living room. Again, full tech, worship, everything. Uh, it was a little ridiculous at the time, but uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of learning time. And so then we started kind of getting to the root of your question. We started uh, looking at doing, um, I can't remember what we called them now. I, we kind of like launch parties, but um, getting into the community, letting the people in the community know what we were about. Um, you know, and, and, uh, we had definitely some barbecues with the community and we were, we were super gung ho. We were excited. We were expecting like hundreds of people to show up to these parties and, uh, and that did not happen. Um, but I'll tell you what, we had a lot of really, really good team building time and, and fun time together. And, uh, man, that was a, it was a good time looking back on it. So, um, we actually, also ran into a situation where my plan was um, to kind of start by doing nights of worship, these big nights of worship parties once a month in our community. And, um, and that also did not end up happening. We had like one of them and um, there was just such a push um, behind the team. You know, the team wanted to get back into church. They wanted to get into a building. They wanted to get the flow going. And so we ended up launching in September um, with basically just the core team. And, um, and God took us through the season of, of really laying a foundation of what that, you know, what that core team was. And we had a, we had a couple people leave. We had several people join and, um, it hasn't been until the end of really 22 that we started to see a major uptick in leadership, a major up, uptick in people joining. And, um, and then it became a situation of, you know, we've been laying this foundation for a year and a half and we've been, you know, seeing where God's taking it. Um, now the people are coming. Are we ready? You know, are we ready for that? Hmm. So that's kind of the season we're in now. Uh, maybe a long-winded answer to your question, but um, yeah, no, that's great. And so you guys are in a like a community center now. Yeah, we are. We are, and such a blessing, man. It's a big ballroom. There's a stage. Um, it's a stage, but everything's blank, which I love because we can be creative. Uh, it's very inexpensive. Uh, we like we like doing lights and haze, and so getting a haze machine in a in a community center is really really difficult. But we made it work out. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been great, and uh, we get kicked out during voting, so we we get to be creative uh, yeah. whenever it's voting time. But hmm. um, but it's it's awesome. Um, so when you when you were doing you know full time volunteering, and you were. Um, yeah, even other ministry jobs. What what did that look like for you? Like, what was your role? You mentioned being like a worship and tech guy. 
did you yeah. find yourself kind of gravitating towards towards those realms? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I started and right out of college, I was so I was a worship leader in college and um, kind of part time, and then was a part of a church launch part time, uh, really, really part time, very minimal part time, <laughs> um, and uh, right out of college, and from there I got hired as a full time technical director, and um, my my tech side came from. Uh, I got the opportunity to tour with Student Life Camp, uh, first as a production assistant and then as a front of house engineer. And um, so that was kind of the tech side for me. Um, got really interested, and that's where the our my company, JH, kind of came from, was that original church launch and seeing the needs that churches have. Um, but basically, uh, ended up being a full-time technical director at a, at a church, which is very, very good friends of ours now. And... Um, and it was it was great. I mean, we did a lot of. Uh, I had a. Lot, it was a very much a learning season for me. I was kind of like the rip the bandaid off kind of person. So we came in like, or I, I say we, my wife and I, but I came in and uh, immediately like walls painted black, ripping all the lights down, pulling all the network cable out of the building, redoing SDI. I mean, just just like I was probably really difficult to deal with back then. Um, but but for me, you know where. Where at the time, as the church was growing, um, I had a really strong interest in in getting into the pastoral side of it, but I also was not really mature enough or old enough to to know how to express that, and um, so there became a little bit of conflict because I was really interested in the pastoral leadership side, um, but at the same time, where the church was in their season, you know, they needed they needed a technical director that was just a technical director, you know, and um, and so for me, and and that's where that um that internal conflict of you know am i answering god's call kind of started to come out um you know we we ended up leaving uh that church still very very good friends with them um very good friends with them and they helped our business along the way but um we left there and actually ended up we're down here in port st Lucie. we ended up serving at elevation melbourne for a while and um and loved it you know loved the church um, but we were waking up at three thirty in the morning in Port St. Lucie for a five thirty a.m. call time. Um, learned a lot about leadership. Learned a lot about um, you know. I know Shep. Shep was there. Great, great guy. Um, but it it just became practically very difficult <laughs> for us to be there at five thirty in the morning. And um, and then we had a church in the in our area that um, you know they had been around for ten years. They were really struggling. Um, and they, they needed some help in the worship technical department. So we ended up coming, coming back into town and serving at a church here. And that's where we were serving as a full-time volunteer. Um, okay. And we did that for about almost three years. Uh, we were there and, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of difficult days, a lot of serving. Um, now there I was on the, um, they, I was called the worship experience director and I was on the executive staff. Um, so I was not a I was not a pastor. I was still very much declining a calling to full time ministry. Um, but I was, you know, I was sitting at the table, and we were making, you know, big uh, leadership decisions at the church. And um, and then I was working at the I was kind of working another full time job at the same time, and trying to get my business going too. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think. Uh... I think a lot of times like the, the full-time ministry um, 
ministry. Uh, God calls us all to our own, the own, the aspects of ministry that he needs us in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your, your process, like you, you went through an interesting process uh, to get to where God had ultimately called you. And um, that process is, I think in the process, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of frustration, um, but then it's ultimately at the end of that process when you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. Like God was right. preparing me for, for what he had actually called me to. And, um, and some of it, it's like you look at Jonah, like, like you mentioned Jonah, uh, and, and you see how you know, he was on the ship and he went through this whole, this whole thing with the fish. And it's like, I can only imagine how nasty that was. Um, but then how much grateful, more grateful he was to be on dry land and to actually go fulfill the calling that he had dreaded before. Like he, he went into that calling motivated because, you know, he just survived being in the belly of a fish right. and just completely changed his perspective and his mindset on, um, on tackling what God had called him to do when before it's like, eh, I'm, I don't want to do that. Like that, that sounds awful. I'm not going there. Yeah. And, uh, and I know, like, you know, e- even, like, in my own life, uh, where I am now and feeling like God's equipped me to help churches, um, before I would be like, yeah, I don't want to go out on my own and start my own thing. That sounds awful. Like, you know, yeah. not, not getting a not getting a, a paycheck every two weeks and, and not exactly. having a dollar amount assigned to it and knowing what it is. Like, ugh, that sounds terrible. Um, but, you know, God calls us where he calls us. And ultimately, like, we might put up a fight, but he uses that fight and that process of, um, to create that frustration and better equip us for our calling ultimately. Um, yeah. And what's funny too, is I think like there's definitely days where I'm like, man, I really want to know the rest of the Jonah story because I feel like <laughs> it kind of just stops and it stops at a moment where, you know, where Jonah's almost, uh, almost angry with God saying like, because God's, you know, he spares the Ninevites and it's like, you know, I knew you were going to do this anyway. If you were going to do this, why did you need me to come here and do this anyway? And there's definitely days where it's challenging and it's like, it's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm doing what you called me to do, but you know, I'm, you know, there's still financial stresses. There's still marital stresses. There's still just people in general stresses. And it's like, God, you know, what's <laughs> I'm here, but now what? And, um, and there's days like that too. And it's, it's just funny. Cause there's days where I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool if we had like the rest of the job story, it kind of mm-hmm. just stops there. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it's like I, I I feel that too, and I hadn't really made that correlation. But it's like God, I'm I'm here. I'm doing what I, I feel like you've called me to do. But this isn't you know the easiest thing in the world either, and it's not it's not always. Um, yeah, I mean God God's gonna do what God's gonna do regardless of our willingness to serve. You know, He's yeah. He's got His ways of accomplishing His His end goal, but. We won't get into you know predestination versus <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll save that for a different day. That's another another hour long topic. Absolutely. Uh, um, do you so coming from a background of like worship and and tech? Do you find yourself getting distracted by some of the technical elements now? Is there some sort any sort of tension that you feel in that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I kind of feel bad for our tech team because they have to deal with me being the pastor and me being like the technical director too. Um, but but. Yeah, the the um, it's it's challenging because um, I'm the you know I'm the I'm the first one in the door just w- with the tech team. You know, we show up at six forty-five in the morning, um, and then usually I bring a change of clothes usually because by the time we're done setting up, I'm totally nasty and and uh, um, but 
Yeah, a lot of times it's especially if we're running late on something. You know, we we open the doors at nine forty-five for a ten a.m. worship experience, and and we, you know, there'll be times where it's like nine forty-seven, and I'm still running around, you know, working through an issue with a tech team. Uh, haven't changed yet. You know, haven't had any decompression time whatsoever yet. Um, so there's definitely times where it's distracting pre-service, um, and then certainly during the worship experience too. Like I, I'm a big believer in. Um, you know, the, the connection between what we call worship, right? The singing and the, you know, the music and everything, and then the sermon. And I'm a big believer in that, that concept, of course, that worship is way more than just singing. It includes the word, and then it continues on into the week. Um, so I love the, the transition between, you know, worship and sermon and making that kind of glue together. And, um, and that's been a learning process for our team because they, you know, where they grew up, uh, that really doesn't happen. You know, it's it's musical worship. It stops and then it goes into the sermon. Um, for me, I, I really like pulling that together. And so there will be times where, you know, there's tension. Like I'm trying to move in a direction and they're not really catching that direction yet. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll have moments like that. Um, we've been praying for a keyboard player for months now. And, uh, and I've started to get into this habit. And it's a very unhealthy habit, but it has worked. Um, but I've kind of been like... God, I know you're not going to do this, but it would be really great if you did it. Um, so we've been praying for a keyboard player, and um, and we we just had a keyboard player join our team, Ray, and uh, he played at Christmas Eve. And it was funny because uh, we were transitioning from worship to, to sermon, and we were able to do stuff that we weren't previously able to do because we had a keyboard player, a uh, really good keyboard player for that too. And um, so I found myself listening to the keyboard like man that's cool he's doing a great job there and kind of not really processing what i was saying at the same time so that was kind of a fun challenge on christmas eve for me um but yeah definitely definitely some distractions and and i try really really hard especially when like once the actual word begins like i try really hard not to point out any of those distractions uh, because i know what it's like on the technical side for the pastor to be like hey turn that light off or turn that on or do something like that um but uh, but I definitely noticed those things, um, and then it's also interesting too because we're still in a growth season where we might have an issue with streaming or we might have an issue like that, and now the team is trying to communicate with me that we're having an issue while I'm trying to preach, expecting me to somehow tell them <laughs> what to do to fix it while oh, I'm up man. there. So, um, but it's all all good times and learning experiences too. Yeah. Um, so you and I first connected, I mean, we've been Facebook friends for a while. I think from when you were in Melbourne at Elevation is probably when that, when that happened. Yeah. Um, cause I was at yeah Elevation and, uh, I did notice Shep being a mutual friend and I'm like, oh, Shep, how he's, yeah. how he's come full circle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, when you, you were posting about some of your JAH stuff, um, mm-hmm. and it's unique products and, and great price points that, that, are wonderful for especially churches, ministries uh, that are trying to find the best bang for their buck. But uh, I'm curious, how long has, so did, did J, JAH come before you launched the church, or is that something you kind of spun up once you were there and, and realized there was a need through what you were doing? Yeah, so the, the idea of JAH started in 2013. Um, you know, I was, I was drawing speaker cabinets and um, I was that annoying kid when I was when I was touring with Student Life. I was that annoying kid that you know. There's a guy guy named Crash. We called him that came and you know taught us 
uh, everything to prepare us for the road. And, and I had so many questions for him that he was eventually he told me like, hey, man, my job is to teach you this. Like, you know, stop asking those kind of questions. But I was so fascinated by it. Um, started drawing speaker cabinets. My grandfather and I actually started building cabinets in the garage. We found out very quickly wow. that that was not practical to, uh, <laughs> to scale in any kind of way. Um, so yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the, the, um, planning and dreaming started in 2013. We had an opportunity with the local church, um, to step in and help them out. I guess more as an integrator, I found out very quickly, I do not want to be an integrator. Um, but the, we had an opportunity to help a church in 2017. And so that's kind of when our sales started was with that church, um, and then, uh, ironically, just about at the same time, we were working on a plan for the, the church that I was the technical director at. I had since, we had since left the church, but maintained a good relationship. And, um, and so we did their entire install at the same time. Um, and by then, we had already, you know, we'd already established a product line that we felt like um, was at a good place in the market. And we've grown since then. And uh, I'm still forever grateful for those two opportunities because we learned so much in those two opportunities. And and, uh, you know, work through the issues with the product and uh, allowed us to kind of get to our version twos, version threes that we're at now. Um, but yeah, so started in 13 by Draymond. 2017 was, um, was uh, you know, really getting into sales. At the same time, I was working as a, um, as a flight instructor. And so I was working as a flight instructor, serving at the church, and then also trying to figure out how to, you know, run my own company. And uh, one day, you know, I was really, really stressed about it because... A flight instructor job is a stressful job in general, uh, mm. but I was talking to my friend one day in the car, and I was like, "Man, it'd, it'd be great if I can just figure out how to make the company work financially, so that I can do that and serve the church, and then I can fly for fun." And he's like, "We'll do it." <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, "Well, I, I guess that's one option, you know, just to do it." So, um, and another thing. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. I was gonna say, I think there's always that threshold. It's like. Uh, is it a dream or is it a goal? And once you make it a goal and you can actually apply actionable steps to get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, continue what you're saying. Yeah. I had just another thing that um, I don't know if this is good advice or bad advice, but, but um, I really found myself negotiating with God. If, if I'm allowed to say that out loud, like I found myself saying, okay, God, you know, I'll fine. I'll do ministry. If that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. But you got to make this thing work so that I can support my family financially and make it happen. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because I look back on that and I think about how ridiculous that is. Um, because as soon as I start submitting my will to his, you know, then things really start happening. And, um, but that was kind of always my, my prayer, like was like, hey, God, I pray that you would, you know, make this work. And, and really, the, the company has always been an extension of ministry. You know, number one, it was created to help churches. But number two, it has been, um, you know, been the fuel, especially financially, to be able to go and launch the church years later now with Redefine. And, and, um, and it also puts us in a unique situation, too, because the company has allowed for, you know, we have, we have a full line array rig. We have lights. We have, we're able to do that. Um, and so when we started the church, it was... It was a little bit of an unfair advantage in the technical side because we came in with a 20-foot trailer full of equipment on day one um, that, you know, we need to test stuff. I, I don't want to put anything in anybody's church that hasn't set on our platform first from a testing standpoint. And so we're always, 
you know, anything new that's coming out in the world of JAH ends up on our platform first. We run through the tests and work out kinks first. But, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, and, and that's been difficult too. So, so since then, uh, I don't flight instruct anymore. I get to fly for fun every now and then. Um, but just working on, you know, growing the business and, and then also of course, uh, doing ministry now. And, um, and it's gotten to the point now where ministry has consumed so much time that, you know, we're hiring people to handle things on the business side because I don't have the time that I used to anymore, which I think is a blessing, you know, something that started as God make this work so that I can do ministry to now, well, you got me doing so much ministry now that, that we got to get other people involved over here. Yeah, that's a cool story. I mean, it's, it's cool how, how God built that. And, and um, I don't think it's wrong to, to negotiate with, with God, uh, however you want to say it. Cause I mean, it's like, if if we are united in um, our calling, and and if we've come to realize that calling, uh, I think our our hearts align in that regard. You know, God put that desire in your heart to build this company to benefit the church, and um, so you know he he helped see it through, which is yeah, really, absolutely. really cool. And what an interesting um, just from a business perspective, it's such an interesting industry, and you know this. I mean the. The um, particularly um, on the manufacturing side, it's so challenging because there's there's so many, you know, big big names, great names out there, that um, you you're kind of you're you're an underdog for a very 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 long time, you know, and if you ever make it past that stage, um, and so that's been an interesting thing, uh, but a cool challenge at the same time of of trying to develop a product that that is good for the church, that's going to be a good fit for the church because. Ultimately, if you if you build something that's less expensive but it doesn't last as long, you run into the same kind of problem, right? Um, and so that's been an interesting goal, and but such a such a challenging thing um, in this industry to uh, to go out and I guess compete with some of these really really big names out there um, that have been in, been around for a long time, you know. And so there's certainly growing pains involved in that too. Yeah, and a lot of it's just competing for attention, uh, right? You know, making sure that there is that your brand, your, your, um, offerings are put out there enough that people even realize it exists. And, uh, and that's where I'm, you know, I'm at with my company. It's like, um, I haven't done any marketing. I haven't done any promotion. It's all been like word of mouth, which has been great, but yeah, I don't want to be something where I market it and it looks cool or whatever. And that's why people want it like that. They want to work with me cause I'm awesome. Like clearly, but, <laughs> yeah. um, at the same time, I, I, I'm coming to realize I do have a responsibility to make it known what I have to offer that can help people and can help churches, because if they don't even know that I exist and what, what I'm doing is an option, and this approach to integration and system design is an option, then they're just going to go with what's familiar and what's always in front of them. Um, so it, it's like trying to make people aware of the fact that there is an alternative. Like, yes, you can buy... Um, you know, Chauvet or Martin or Clay Packy or whatever, like those are great lights, but right. there's another option that's going to do what the church needs it to do. It just doesn't have that name printed on it. Um, right, absolutely. And so once, once people realize like, oh, I can still have, you know, this really bold worship experience and we can have the lights and we can have, we can, you know, we can encompass all the senses and draw people in in this worship experience without spending twenty thousand dollars on a moving light fixture 
yeah then the wheels start turning it's like it, it, it'll almost just promote itself and you don't have to sell it on all the features you have to sell it on the fact that there is another way of doing things it's it's a disruption you know it's an industry disruption it's um right. i was watching this really cheesy terrible netflix movie the other day with my wife and i'm not even gonna i don't know the name of it i'm not gonna recommend it because it was awful okay. but um <laughs> it, it was uh it was a bunch of people that called themselves the disruptors and uh and it, it was again cheesy and terrible but it's like they were all disrupting different industries by being you know social media influencers in different areas um one was like for man's rights. It was again. It was terrible. It was like this is awful. Um, so I'm not encouraging that. But the idea is like disruptors. Yeah, they're disrupting industries, and that's kind of what what I'm I've set out to do. And and what you know, JAH. It's like you you don't want to overturn a whole industry, but you do want people to know there's other options besides what the industry promotes. Uh, and the industry's been come to known as like it's really expensive. The cost of entry is really right. high to have high quality stuff, you got to have, you know, high level budgets. And that's not, that's not the case anymore. Um, and I think the sooner churches and ministries realize that, especially, you know, as inflation continues to go up and the cost of goods continues to go up, you know, $10,000 doesn't get you what you, what it used to, right, but you can sure. still have high quality for the price point you're used to just have to look in a different place. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's, and, and I think that's where you and I align because the technology aspect, um, but it's also, I mean, it's cool to see how that has uh, helped pave the way for, you know, financially for your ministry and for, um, for you to feel free to go and do what God's called you to do. How long were you with, with, um, student life? So I did, I did, uh, two years, two summers with student life. Uh, first as a production assistant, um, and that was really interesting because I, again, I've I've always been like a, I don't know, bull in a china shop kind of person, or like I said, rip the bandaid off. Uh, but I was I was really excited, and um, I felt like I had a lot, you know, a lot to bring to the table, and uh, quickly found out that you know there's a process, <laughs> and so um, I remember when I applied for Student Life, I applied for like every production position and, uh, and the whole, uh, you know, that was available. And, uh, and I, again, I realized how ridiculous that was now. Um, but yeah, I, I went first as a production assistant. And so, uh, my job was basically, you know, the, you know, I was handing, I was handing microphones, you know, to people, but really when it came to load in, I was, I was setting up just about the entire PA. So the A1 would go in, um, spec the room, tell us what angles we were setting at. And then it was my job basically to fly the PA, run all the cables, um, you know, set up the stage and, um, and just learned, you know, learned a lot about technology at that point. Uh, but then also, you know, saw some things that, that I felt like, well, this could be done a little easier or maybe this should be rethought kind of thing. Um, but, and then year two, I had the opportunity to be the front house engineer, uh, which was kind of a different ball game. And, and, uh, really, really cool opportunity to meet a lot of cool people, a lot of really talented people. Um, you know, that was one thing I loved about student life is like they, when they hired, you know, they, they didn't just hire camp counselors, for example, um, which is just a different model. You know, they, they hired front house engineers, they hired lighting directors, they hired, you know, people that were prof professional in the production industry, um, which, which, you know, allowed a lot of opportunity for, for growth. 
and then um, and then the the team that they brought in to train us and to prepare us, you know, they're the ones that that Student Life got all the equipment from, and so they brought us in and trained us how to you know set everything up and use it all, and um, just a really cool system there. And it sounds like I mean a good experience just being exposed to the, I mean, as you were through most of your um, career per se, leading up to this, just being exposed to ministry and yeah. all of your life. Yeah. With, with your, um, your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Always been in ministry. So now as you're, you've got this church and you guys have been going for two years. Um, do you find like with, with JAH and the church and, you know, you already said you're looking to kind of, separate more from JAH and kind of build that team up more to be sustainable without you. Um, do you find that your bills are more or less paid by JAH or the church or a split as far as how you're putting food on the table and keeping a roof over your head? Um, so, so that's a good question. It's right now. Um, uh, frankly, my wife pays most of our bills at the moment <laughs> because she's got the government job in here and, and really, you know, that's so important is, you know, um, of course, there's there's always times of disagreement. But for the most part, you know, we we're really on the same page about where God has called us to for this ministry. And and that has been so helpful because it's been a season which has been challenging for me, honestly, as you know, as as the husband of the house of, of you know, I've got these dreams and I've got this calling. Um, but in order for this to happen, you know. We really need you to go to work and uh, and to do that full time on the side, you know, as well as all of the other responsibilities she has here with the church. So, um, so there's that side. But yeah, at first it was it was overwhelmingly JAH, of course. Um, it's it's kind of transitioned a little bit. It's um, the you know the the industry is a commission based industry, and so basically there there are times when it feels very fifty fifty, and then there are certainly times where JAH still kind of takes over. Um, but the uniqueness of the situation is, is this, like, I feel like there's a, cause, because when we launched, we immediately got plugged in with other people that were launching at the same time and different pastors going through different, everybody has different circumstances, but, um, people, I think there's a stigma about, we talked about this a little bit, Brian, but I think there's a stigma to the whole bivocational ministry thing. Right. And, um, and I think that that really is a, it's a mistake to think like that. I think that, you know, the 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 income that is provided through JAH allows me to do the ministry that I do, and so it's very much an extension of the ministry. It's all part of the same pot. It's all part of the same ministry that's happening, and um, and similarly, just like we talked about, when you think about worship, you really shouldn't separate the songs from the sermon from the rest of the week because worship is so much more than that. Ministry is so much more than just being the pastor at the church on Sunday morning. And so that ministry, you know, and that's kind of how I've connected it is, is the ministry, you know, what I'm doing with JH is part of the same ministry that's happening at the church. Um, and so for me, it's a, it's all a blessing, you know, it's not, it's not like, well, I, I must not be succeeding on the church side because I still have to, you know, be supported over here financially with this. Um, and at the same time, it's allowed us to do things that other church plants flat out cannot do financially, because so much of that financial burden goes into supporting the pastor um, mm. initially that, you know, you're limited in what you can do with outreach. You're certainly limited in what you can do with technology because of the expense there. Um, and I feel like what, what we've been allowed to do and, you know, 
God's kind of uh, provided some opportunities for me to be humbled on this kind of theory a little bit um, over the last year. But this concept, my concept has always been, if I can get paid last, there's so much more that the church can do moving forward, um, even including providing opportunities for other people to grow and to support them financially. So if all of the finances in the beginning are going to me as the pastor to support me, it very much limits what I'm able to do to support the team that is ultimately a part of growing the church. So, um, so I think that um, the, the opportunity to be bivocational, especially in the season, in this season is, a, is a blessing for sure, uh, because it's allowed us to do things that would not otherwise be possible. Um, and, and ultimately, we're relying on God on both sides of it. So um, we're relying on God financially on the church side, and we're certainly relying on God financially on the business side. So, um, and he can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah, he he brought you here. He brought you, brought you into it. He'll he'll see you through it. That's right. Yeah, maybe not the way I want to. Like, like there's it's kind of goes back to the whole manna in the wilderness thing. Like, there's always enough for today, but not necessarily enough for tomorrow. So, um, but but he always comes through, and so mm. that's that's um, you know, it's been yeah, certainly that, part of the process. I think that's a a really good um, yeah court. A, a good connection to make, you know, the, the manna, the, the Israelites, they, it was a daily thing. If they tried to keep it, God was like, well, can't do that. You gotta, you gotta have faith. You gotta depend on me every day. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so many times it's like, man, I would, I would love to have six figures in the bank account, just sitting there waiting for that rainy day. But right. God's, God's got his plan and he's got his manna. Um, that's a good reminder. Um, well, I mean, I, I appreciate your your openness and, and willingness to share your heart and, and where God has you in your situation. Uh, and, I, and I think that's um, it's huge because it is one of those things where a lot of a lot of churches, like you said, that the pastors um, and it's not wrong for them to, to pull their salary you know, only from the church. But right. uh, it, it is it can be limiting if that's their mindset that they have to only do that. Um, Right. When, and especially when, not to interrupt, but especially if they feel like they're not succeeding because they can't do that. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, it, this must not be where God wants me because he's not providing the finances to do it. I think that I think that there's a lot of missed opportunity there. You know, hmm. no, that's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah. And, and you can you can draw parallels there with, you know, anytime someone starts their own endeavor and, and it's it's not it's not supposed to be easy. Uh, but when God's involved, like we can have faith that it's going to be okay. Um, right. It's going to be right. more than okay. It's going to be it's going to be rewarding, whether it's uh, in this life or the next. Um, we have our reward waiting for us. Um, well, I mean, anything else? I mean, any aspiring church planners, um, people out there? Maybe they're starting off on their their journey, planning a church, launching a church, whether it's in sunny Florida or rainy North Carolina, um, you have any, any advice you would want to leave them with? Uh, man, that's a tough question. <laughs> Very broad um, question. Yeah. A lot of the really cliche stuff comes to mind, right? Keep oh, going. Yeah. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the, um, man, it's just, it's, it's, I feel like things very rarely go the way you expect them to, you know, and, uh, but that doesn't mean that God's not working. And in fact, um, 
what I've found is it to be, you know, quite the opposite. It's like the moment I think that, hey, this is the right, you know, this is the way we need to do this. This is the way it's going to happen. You know, God steps in and says, hey, don't, don't forget who's actually in control here. And, um, yeah, so I think, I think to just stay, stay encouraged and then also seek, seek ways to stay encouraged too. Like, um, I think that was, that was a struggle for me was like trying to, um, you know, again, knowing that we were doing what God was calling us to do, um, and just kind of, you know, not sitting back because we were always working hard. It's not that it's a difficult thing to describe, but, um, but I found that we need to be, you know, we need to be looking for what God is doing at the same time. We need to be looking for points of celebration. We need to be looking for things to be encouraged by, um, because it's easy to step back and just start focusing all the, you know, on all the things that are not working that you kind of lose sight of what, you know, what God actually is doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's incredible, you know, everything from the big things to the little things. Like we've seen God, um, you know, I grew up like, uh, I, I went and saw Brandon Lake the other night and he talked about this really cool analogy of like, you know, he grew up in the, in the Southern Baptist church with the seatbelt on real tight. And, and I grew up in the Southern Baptist church with the seatbelt on real tight, you know? And it's like, um, there's some good in the seatbelt for sure. But at the same time, like, I feel like God's been saying, you got to loosen the seatbelt a little bit. And, and what I mean by that is like, we've seen God doing miracles in our church. You know, one of, one of our, one of our members, um, families that started, um, you know, and I'm not saying this really even has anything to do with our church, but, but, uh, one of our foundational, you know, members and actually our CFO, uh, their, their family, um, our CFO's wife was diagnosed with stage four uterine cancer, um, uh, at the end of 2021 coming into Christmas time and she received a terminal diagnosis. And, uh, anyway, um, it w it was a difficult situation as a young pastor. We had just started a church. This family's looking to me, you know, and, and they, you know, they, they've got a lot more years than I do. And, um, you know, they're looking to me as a pastor and immediately we start the church and we have this horrible situation going on and, and I don't know how to deal with it. And if I can be super transparent, I'm thinking like, Man, the 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 first funeral I'm ever gonna have to do as a pastor is gonna end up being with, you know, our CFO's wife. Like, what a what a challenging situation going into this, and um, and it was just a, it was a difficult season. But but seriously, and and miraculously through the grace of God, we found out. Um, gosh, I think summer of 2022 um, that she received, you know, no evidence of disease. Um, she, wow. she went through chemo. Uh, they told her there was nothing that they could do and, uh, and she is cancer free. And so praise the Lord, the war is won. The battle's not over yet because she's still in recovery and still has difficult days. Um, but man, there's stories like that, that, that just continue on. Um, you know, my grandfather, he had, he had complete kidney failure, was going to be on dialysis for the rest of his life. Uh, I was sitting in the hospital with him. He's a part of our church. I'm his pastor. He's also my grandfather, you know, and I'm praying Lord, like, give me the right words here to say, because I want to say everything's going to be okay, but everybody's telling me it's not. And, um, so he started dialysis and three months later, completely off of dialysis. The doctor said, well, you know, we don't know how to explain it, but he's not on dialysis anymore. Um, you know, and just to grab on to like, and those are the big things, but there's little things every day. And, um, and just, just grab onto those things, look for those things, you know, find encouragement in those things. And, uh, I don't know. I guess I guess that's the that's what that's what I would say, you know, to people who are trying to you know, trying to figure out this this process, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you hit it. Um that's 
some of the encouragement people need. Um, but even like you said, go out and seek encouragement. It's not always just going to come to you. Uh, but there, there's encouraging things we can find in our, our day-to-day life. We just have to have the right mindset. And um, Absolutely. I think, I think having that mindset of, of we have everything we need. We have more than enough. Um, God's going to provide his manna. And, uh, yeah, don't worry about that aspect. Just, just worry about doing what you're called to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Man. thank you for um, for joining us. Um, I will in the show notes. I'll have JAH's website. I'll have some of your contact info. Uh, Instagram, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All that Instagram. stuff, and uh, as well as Redefine Church, we'll we'll link it all up and show everyone where to find you. But thank you for taking the time for sharing your experience and sharing your heart and what God's doing down there and sunny always beach weather, Florida. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And, and I can't wait to see, um, kind of how your business develops and what you got going on. And, and I don't know how much of it you shared with the world yet. So I'll let you do that, but I'm really excited from the stuff that I've heard. And, and I think, I think what you're doing is exactly, exactly what is needed. Um, so I'm excited to be a part of it in any way I can. And, uh, man, can't wait to see what it looks like. Well, thank you. Thanks for your your encouragement and your support. I certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. See you.